It's Guru Live in Piccadilly. Three days of talks and debates to inspire you into your next creative project. I'm Rihanna Dillon. Funding a film can sound complicated, but fear not, because we're about to give you an overview on the current funding landscape from a leading producer and a case study with a filmmaker who has successfully unlocked a key British funding pot. We'll hear about first feature financing with producer Gavin Humphrey. Hi, everyone. If this session was like a hair commercial, I'm the here's the science part of it before you then have the really glamorous, interesting bit with the the rest of the panel members. So I'm going to talk about the nuts and bolts of film financing. So this picture is actually of, that is me, believe it or not, and uh, Deborah Hayward, a writer-director that um, I've been working with developing um, a feature called Pincushion for the last... Uh, three and a half years and we had that photo taken on the iFeatures programme with Creative England back in 2012 um, so it's taken A, my take home from that is I haven't lost as much hair as I thought I had lost in the last four years um, and B, um, that it takes it's pretty good, we fit into the average for developing a first feature in the UK which is typically about three to five years uh, to develop your, your feature film um, so my background is that um, I have what's called a portfolio career. Um, I was a talent agent for actors for five years, representing actors in film, television and theatre in the UK and around the world. Um, I then went to the National Film and Television School and did the producing course there for two years. And as a result of doing that course, I set up um, a company called Quark Films, which I ran for um, nearly eight years with um, another graduate of the film school, Anna Higgs. And uh, at the time, uh, we went around the industry trying to get advice about how to um, kind of survive in the film industry, meeting the industry sessions at the end of the film school course. And we were given two bits of advice from uh, the take-home advice from producers was either have another job to support yourself while you're producing, um, which I have done, um, or marry well, um, which was not amazing um, advice to hear after I'd given up a career to uh, go to film school for two years. Um, but we set up the company and we tried to build a sustainable company which we did for that period of time where we were working not just in fiction films but documentary animation so um, by virtue of going to the film school we've done animation, documentary and fiction films there so we were working with up and coming directors uh, making short docs leading to um, commissions for the BBC and Channel 4 also crowd funding, crowd sourcing our own projects so we did a number of things, these are just a few of them uh, that's on the run with Abdul on the top left hand side is a short dot that we made ourselves by um, making commercials and uh, music videos and corporates and we funded that ourselves and then sold it retrospectively uh, we did a crowdsourced documentary People versus George Lucas about the love-hate relationship Star Wars fans have with um, George Lucas that premiered at South by Southwest traditional kind of primetime documentaries like Boy Cheerleaders about the only um, all-boy uh, cheerleading group in Europe Um, the Dazzle Diamonds, Um, and then um, on the bottom left-hand side, bottom right-hand side is uh, Still from the Curse, which is a short I did for Film 4 and the BFI, which was BAFTA nominated and won at Cannes. Um, The key thing um, for me that's always been kind of front and centre of my um, career producing is really the um, the talent that I'm working with, and the talent obviously being the directors first and foremost. It's the directors that really... um, 
make the film, convince people to finance your film, tell the story, it's their voices, no matter if it's the genre or the auteur, um, it's, it's really important to have um, that robust filmmaking talent that you're working with and it's forming relationships with that talent. So these are just some of the filmmakers that I've, I've worked with. And I think the exciting thing about um, moving from shorts to first features is quite often... Um, it's not just the project that people are supporting, it's actually you, it's the talent, it's the voice. So it's really important to remember that um, it's just as much who you are as the project that you're, you're pitching. Um, and in fact, I did have a situation once where I was doing a feature documentary and we had um, funding committed from big um, public funders... Um, I can't say too much about it without revealing who the director might be, but we had, um, it was a £300,000 budget, it was a feature documentary, the funding was committed, and then the contributor in the documentary decided not to do the thing that we were going to follow them doing in the film, um, which was, you know, caused me to have a nervous breakdown because we were almost there ready to, like, make this, this feature film. So we did what you should do with your funders and go back and be completely transparent and say, listen, um... We can't make this film because the, the key contributor has decided not to do the thing they were going to do. Um, and their response was, never mind, um, do you have another idea? Because the funding is still committed and actually we're investing in you and the director because you're a great team. You've done some great shorts together. Um, so do you have another idea? Um, to which the director said no, so I wanted to hang myself. But, um, but the point is, is that it's always you know, good to um, remember that people are investing in you as much as your projects. But the other side of the coin is you do have to be like this man and also um, think about the business side of film and the financing and the funding. Um, and that's just as important. That's Harvey Weinstein, sorry. Um, known to most people. But, I mean, producing is, um, obviously, uh, it's the creative side, so it's um, finding talent ideas, um, working with those ideas and that talent to build up the stories and the worlds and the films. It's the production side, it's understanding all of the budgeting and the scheduling and the physical production element of, of making films. But it's also, um, there's no point being good at those without also being good at the business side or understanding how to fund and finance your films. So the legals, the financing, um, where to get money, how to get money, how to pitch your project, how to pitch yourself. Um, because the key thing is it's all about audience um, and you want to have um, a very clearly defined audience for your, your film. Um, quite often people um, might say, if you're doing something a bit more... It's, I've worked with a lot of more kind of artist directors that might um, not like the word commercial, but for me, commercial is not a dirty word. It's just all scalable. Um, commercial just means that you're making a film for the right budget for the audience that you intend to reach. So if you only have an audience of 100 people, then your film is only going to be £1,000. And if you have an audience that can reach millions of people, then your budget can be millions of pounds. Um, that's commercial to me. But the main thing is, is that you do know who your audience are um, and who's going to come, who, who's going to come and see your, your film to avoid uh, this situation, which um, I did have once, one of my first shorts at a film festival. It was literally me and someone else asleep in the, in the auditorium. <laughs> And then the person who was hosting it said, now should we do a Q&A? And I was like, are you really <coughs> joking? Um, so, for the asleep person. Um, 
So always bear in mind audience and the size of the audience. Um, and the other thing to think about as well with first features um, is that it's okay if you want to aim for festivals. I mean, this is obviously the kind of the, the grade A um, film festival situation, but it's about launching new voices and talent, and certainly in the public funding landscape in the UK, that's equally as valid, always have that commercial mindset like who's going to see your film um, but it could be that it's about launching this director this talent on the international festival circuit maybe they've had shorts that have recommended themselves to those film festivals but aiming for places like Cannes, Venice, uh, Toronto, Tribeca, Berlin, have I missed anything with Timber, um, San Sebastian, all those kind of um, big festivals um, which will mean something to launching someone's career because this is their first film and they're going to have another film and another film. Um, when I was at film school, um, one thing that I did which I didn't have much knowledge about was actually I w got some experience working in sales and distribution because I felt particularly not confident in that area. And the one thing that... Um, is really important is to, as a producer, be aware of the market. Um, you don't have to be um, kind of a human Excel spreadsheet, but this is just taken from the, the BFI's um, box office report that they publish um, every week, um, giving you a kind of more detailed breakdown of how well films have done in the previous week at the box office. Um, and I know, I mean, uh, even when I used to be a talent agent, I used to just be used to be fun just to look and see, you know, what's, what are the, the top films, what's doing well, what's not doing so well. What I haven't got on here, because a, it's a very big spreadsheet, is underneath there's all of the other films as well that have been released. Um, so there's probably about another 20 or so films below that. And it gives you a very detailed understanding of just what kind of films are doing well, how many screens would they go out on, what distributors are actually um, distributing... Um, just gives you that sort of picture, which you don't have to, as I say, know it inside out, but um, be aware that in the sales and distribution landscape and private financing, and I certainly know that, say, at the BFI with like Ben Roberts, it's his fun thing to look at, okay, what's done well over the weekend? Um, it's all relative because uh, being realistic again, first features, you're not necessarily expecting them to be at number one in the box office. But as a, as a producer, say, you should have an understanding of what films, what the marketplace looks like. Um, that's important. So I mentioned that you can see in the column there that you've got um, who are the distributors. Um, I think the, the, the difference, difference from moving from shorts to features is that you're now starting to have to deal with... Um, sales agents and distributors so really understanding that landscape so a distributor for those of you who don't know but they essentially buy the license to distribute your film in a territory so they're normally based in individual countries in certain cases they might represent a group of countries like Benelux um, so they will um, buy the license to distribute your film in that territory for a certain amount of time and it means that they can put it in cinemas, do video on demand, TV, um, DVD, etc., all that kind of stuff. So in the UK, um, this is just a selection. It's not a preferred selection on my part, just a more random selection of where I found the logos most quickly um, of distributors in the UK um, who you could um, consider to approach depending on the kind of film that you've got. So this is going to sound 
incredibly obvious, but so many people don't do their kind of desk-based research before approaching companies. But they all have websites. You can see the films that they release. They often say, like, detail who the staff are. Some of them in distribution sales as well like to show what kind of films they personally like. Um, so you, uh, whether they've distributed them or not, but just the sense of their own taste. So it's important to get a sense of the house style of the distributor. Um, so, for example, if I was doing um, an LGBT um, film or a kind of more auteur foreign language piece, I might go to somewhere like Peccadillo. Um, if I'm doing documentaries, I'll definitely go to Dogworth. Um, if I'm doing something that's a bit more like ambitious... Uh, very genre film, I might go somewhere like Vertigo. So these are all things to think about when you're, you're um, putting together, developing your film and aiming to get financing is how do I access the audience, the market? So the distributor will be like the kind of the first um, test of that. Um, they'll have an understanding of, of um, what your project is and how to reach that audience. And if they, if they um, uh, believe in it, that's going to help you down the line with other types of financiers. Um, it's, not, it's not a must that you must immediately go and see distributors as soon as you've got your project ready. It's a balancing act of approaching different types of financiers at different points. Every project is different. It's all kind of bespoke depending on how you're putting together your film. But it's important to have a sense of, say, if you're applying to the BFI for the first feature fund, they, as much as they want to know all about the story, the director, the approach, the style, everything else, they also want some kind of a statement, normally from the producer, explaining where do you think this film sits in the marketplace. And if, in fact, I think they even have that in development applications as well, that at that early point, you should, they're not looking, by the way, to say, and please say that it will be in a thousand screens in like every cine world. It's fine if it's just going to be, like you're aiming to be at some festivals and have a specialised release, but they want to have a sense that you know how to access your audience and who would be the right kind of company distributor to help you do that. On the other side as well, um, I mean, less important for first features, I think, although you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think um, international sales agents, so they will represent your film. So Cannes is coming up. Cannes is the ultimate marketplace. You have Berlin, Cannes, uh, American Film Market in Los Angeles in November, and Toronto Film Festival in September has a lot of business. All of that business is sales agents and distributors mainly interacting, um, buying and selling films. So an international sales agent, you'll only have one sales agent, they will um, represent your film and sell your film to um, distributors around the world. Quite often they do that at those film markets. So they'll, they can take on a project at any stage. The more commercial it is, the more they know that it has an, audi an audience, the earlier they'll come on board. So if you have a very genre script with a well-known international director, perhaps top cast, they might come on at script stage. If you have a first feature, um, probably unlikely, um, they might be interested if they've loved the director's shorts before, but that's a more difficult um, territory to navigate. Um, but certainly, as I said, they can come on at any point. So they might come on board if you've been selected for a big film festival. Um, 
the first call that you'll make after finding out is probably to sales agents if you don't have a sales agent already. So they can strategize, they can see the film, decide if they'd like to represent it, and then strategize how to sell that film at the film festival. Um, so what a sales agent will do is they have, I mean, they take a commission for their work. They'll um, uh, work out how much value your film has on the international marketplace. And they do that by creating sales estimates. Um, so sales estimates, um, this is, by the way, um, a super basic example, pretend example from a sales agent friend of mine, so don't sort of take it um, as is. But they basically work out... Um, how much your film um, could sell to a distributor in different countries around the world. There's normally actually, I think, three columns. There's the lowest price, like the bottom price that they expect for it, what would be the kind of middle price, and then the if it's all going well, like what they expect is the, the best-case scenario. Um, so they have an expertise understanding what distributor will go for what kind of film, how much they'll pay, um, how much your film is worth. And the value of having, if you do have something more genre or more international and you can attach a sales agent at an early point, that will help you leverage um, private finance because essentially it's saying your film definitely has some sort of value. Because, uh, By the way, the, um, it should be an, an industry-recognised international sales agent, a reputable sales agent, so they're only... I don't know, maybe about 20 or something of those that you would um, consider. So some of these guys, for example. Um, and they'll have relationships to private equity funds um, and to other distributors. So the more that you build that kind of industry confidence by having a local distributor um, in the UK, um, maybe if you have an international sales agent, that will convince other funders that your project um, has some kind of long reach some long tail um, I'm mentioning these things again not because you are going to rush out immediately and find a sales agent and distributor but it's important to be aware of that because um, when you are approaching these guys increasingly they are asking this question like who is your audience and how will you, how will you find them so Again, like when I used to be a talent agent, um, the film industry was completely impenetrable. Like even I was having you know clients in big studio films and in and local films, and it was very hard to find out who was who and who was doing what. Nowadays, it's so super easy. Everything is you know there's this thing called the internet, um, but everyone has websites. They don't have holding pages. They say exactly what they do, what they're looking for. They're they're really out there. So there's no excuse for you not to know who works there what kind of films they're looking for, how they fund, and um, what films that they've made. Um, all the information is, in, is exactly there. So um, I definitely say, Matimba might touch on this in the panel session, but um, the BFI is your kind of front and centre main point of contact. Um, so everybody email Matimba after the session, I'm just joking. Um, but they've done an increasing amount of... Um, so their, their purpose is to fund um, British talent, British features primarily. Um, they have development funding, they have production funding. It's all super clear on their website how they approach, how, they, how they'll fund productions. They have a first feature fund which opens um, its quarterly basis so you can apply. Um, I would apply with your film in as advanced a stage as possible so 
Um, it's not speculative that you really do have a properly developed screenplay. You have a director that can demonstrate they've done previous work that can deliver this, this screenplay. Um, the producer, if you don't have... Um, I made this mistake years ago when I first started, made my life much more difficult in the television world, but if you don't necessarily have the credits behind you, then find someone experienced to work with as, a co as another producer or an exec, have like a mentor figure. So try and have like a fuller, as fuller package as possible. Um, but yeah, you have to um, be aware of the films that they're making, who works there and what they're looking for. I haven't put it on here, but you should all be looking at screen... Uh, screen daily every day to find out um, uh, what's being funded, what's being commissioned. Um, every fund has its own. I feel like I'm, it's very basic for me to talk about what each fund would do because you can look it up. But essentially, Film London have the microwave. They don't do any production funding apart from the microwave low budget um, scheme. Creative England can fund, about to reopen their production funding. Um, but everyone don't apply because I'm about to get some money from them, hopefully, so please wait a bit. Um, but they also have the iFeatures um, programme, which is um, £350,000 um, feature films that's just been um, open for applications and closed recently. Um, film agency, they're obviously, if they're based in uh, England, uh, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, they're looking for, um, a lot of the time, local talent, so, you know, there has to be... It's not a case of, OK, my film's set in Yorkshire, but maybe I could just set it in Wales instead and get some money there. There generally has to be, like, a proper creative intention as to why you're... You know, it's, there's a director, producer, um, key cast or element of the story. It's why, why you would get money from those funders. Um, so it pays just to be, like, completely up to speed with how all of these funders are working. So, for example, Creative England recently have just been having a, a small um, kind of restructure. So their funding, if you were counting on their funding being available to apply for the last few weeks, it hasn't been. So by reading screen, you'll know that you need to adjust your timeline slightly. Um, any questions on that? I feel I've, I've, some of it feels super obvious to me, so I never know if I'm just saying what you might already be aware of. But the key thing is really is to, I'd say, like headline points, BBC Films. Um, I've, I haven't had huge amounts of dealings with them, but I'd say they're probably more into, they're much more writer-driven um, adaptations of books, maybe comedies. They very rarely do first features, unless it's probably someone who's quite well-established that's moving into feature directing. Um, film 4 is much more director-driven, um, and they're much more talent-driven by retaining um, uh, British, uh, British directors. Um, so they, they have their own kind of house style, um, which you should be aware of. Um, so the key thing you need to think is BFI have the first feature fund, um, and that's all on the website, so I'm not going to give you details about that. Um, but then typically they might work with, if that works for your film, one of the other funders, maybe Film 4. Um, bear in mind that um, they're not funding, you know, um, 60 films a year between them. I think the BFI probably have production funded about 20 films the last year, BBC 10, and Film 4 maybe about 15 films, of which um, not all of those are a very small proportion of first features. So probably, um, I imagine, the BFI, um, I don't know precisely how many first features, technically I suppose probably about eight a year should be. Um, 
Film for might only put money into a couple. The thing to be aware of as well is that these funds are not grants where that's it, you have to... Um, it's not a gift. Um, they are commercially motivated, um, so they do want to have some sense that the amount of money they're giving you could in some small way come back to them in the future at some point. And dependent on which funder it is, they'll have they'll be slightly more insistent on that. So, for example, um, Film 4 and the BBC can mix their funding by buying a TV licence, which is they can just show it on the TV channel for a certain period of time, and they don't need to get that money back, but they might also have equity um, funding as well, which is motivated on they'll put money into your film and expect to get that back plus, plus more. So always, always good to think about the commercial side, like audience and... How will, how will you launch your film and how will it be distributed? The other thing in the UK which should always be part of your financing is absolutely um, we have tax um, relief, tax credit. So this is just from the BFI website. It completely explains everything. But essentially, if you're shooting a film in the UK, it's a British film, um, British story, and pretty much everything about it is British. And in English, you qualify for the UK tax relief, which works out at about... Um, more or less, from talking to private finances, about 17% of your, your budget, which you get back. When the film is completed, you then do an auditing process on your film uh, to the tax authorities, and they'll then give you the, that tax credit back to you at the end of the, after the film's finished. So you have to work out a way to cash flow that tax relief, that tax credit. Um, and to qualify, you just have to... You can find all this on the BFI website. You need to pass what's called the cultural test, where I think there are 35 points, and you need to get at least over half of them 19, and it's based on certain criteria, like what language is the film in, where's the director from, is it based on British um, source material, um, are the lead characters British or European economic area residents, all these kind of things, To cult- is this culturally a British film? Finally, um, you don't want to be doing this, um, and this is what private financiers will be thinking about, um, because there's always an element where you need to think about uh, how are you going to bring in private finance to your project. With first features, if you have like an industry stamp of approval, so say in my case the BFI have awarded us um, money for pincushion, that means something to private finance because then they think, oh, okay, that must mean that the, the film industry absolutely, like, you know, they like this director, this project. So that's persuasive as well as if you manage to get some kind of distributor interested. They might not give you some money, but they might say they're interested in your film. So that will then motivate private finance. There are various different forms of private finance. There are seed enterprise investment schemes, enterprise investment schemes, which can give you an SEIS essentially is a, a, a fund where a pool of private investors can put money together up to £150,000, for which they get some tax relief, um, income tax relief back on their investment, or if they are making gains on, say, uh, I don't know, selling a second home or something, and they could then invest the profit they made on that second home into a film, and they could get um, some additional income tax relief from that. So... um, 
I'm not going to go into too much detail about all of this, but because um, you can just look it up on the internet. Uh, but essentially, that you will always have a piece of your finance plan, which is private finance. Sometimes production, post-production houses will do this. As I said, sales agents and distributors might have a relationship with private financiers. So they, they will essentially invest money, again, looking to know that you have a route to audience, you have a route to get money... Um, coming back by the way film, film is um, I keep saying getting money back film very rarely goes into profit so um, uh, on theatrical distribution um, that's not a, a money making exercise that's a huge marketing exercise to get your film out there where you have trailers and posters and reviews and some kind of heat about your film and then actually the money will come back often later in the form of ancillary usage in like DVDs and other sales later on but the theatrical side of it costs money, but it's important, sometimes increasingly less so, but there are other ways of kind of releasing your film, but that's the way that you get the most kind of bang for your buck in terms of um, marketing. Um, with private finance, it's a combination. There are specialised companies that deal with, say, SEIS or EIS, but there will always be, like, ultimately, it's the creative package, like who's in your film, who's directing it, what have they done before, but then also there's the financial nuts and bolts which you can get specialists to do. That all leads to a finance plan. This is just a pretend example of a finance plan. Um, most first features in the UK, you're expected to make them for less than about £700,000, probably less than that. So um, the trick is to have the least number of financiers as possible. Um, that means the less uh, legals and the less uh, less... Um, negotiations and ways of structuring your, of, of, of getting your film moving you want to have the least number of people involved as possible. I think Ken Loach, I used to work at Pafé and he had something like 16 financiers in one of his films so that was a nightmare to do all of the closing and negotiating and legals on it but essentially you're always allowing for um, the BFI will give you some money as could, they could give you some money you can allow for your tax relief which as I said typically people will say that's about 17% of your budget um, in this scenario, there's a post-production house. They have various different ways of working. Um, AAA films that I very originally titled are private investments. And maybe, just maybe, you could convince a distributor to give you something called a minimum guarantee, an MG, which is like a small advance against what they can earn at the, the box office. Um, I have to say that's super unlikely on first features. It can happen, um, but they're really making an assessment of how much money your film can make at the box office and how much they're, they're willing to put up front against that. So that's called a, an MG. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is um, that there was some kind of scientific study once where uh, they were working at how long it takes to be a film producer, and I think this study worked out that it takes something like 14 years to have all the skills necessary to be a a producer um, so you, and because the film industry is a constantly changing landscape in terms of technologies business the way private finance works workflows funders constantly changing um, so you have to keep abreast of all of that so always um, having um, worked with creative skill set before always kind of keep yourself sharp and up to speed and do as much networking and training as possible it's just some examples and particularly actually 
always, if you're a bit more internationally minded, think about the world outside the UK. When I first started in documentaries and, and um, a first fiction that I did, I did the Torino Film Lab, which actually gives money, can give you like 200,000 euros towards um, a feature film. Um, and uh, Sheffield Docfest has um, Meat Market for documentary um, features. So there are other ways of always being mindful of the other opportunities that are out there to um, connect with financiers, but always making sure that your project is absolutely ready to be financed. And that's it. Thanks, everybody. If you're interested in understanding how funding and commissioning works over in Teleland, then get the lowdown in our panel called Idea Pitch Commission, available now at bafta.org forward slash guru.